All right, lots of lots of stuff going down in the hockey world. Uh, lots of craziness. It's that time of year, and uh, this is the Canes Country Podcast. Uh, I'm Brett Finger. I'm joined by Justin Leap, of course. Hey, Justin. Hello. Hello. So let's just not even waste any time. Let's just get into it. Last week we talked about the offer sheet thing. Um, you were right. I was not right. I, I, I said it wasn't going to happen, and it happened. And of course, of course, it was Montreal offer sheeting Sebastian Ajo. So the offer sheet was five years. Well, before I get to that, congratulations, Justin. You were right. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was going to be somebody like Mitch Marners, but uh, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll be. take yeah, I'll take uh, being right. I guess I don't know. You were right. There was an offer sheet. I I, I refuse to believe it. It happened. Uh, so it was Sebastian Ajo. The offer sheet was just silly. Let's just say that. It was silly. It was dumb. It was five years, 8.454 million AAV. The kicker was $21.17 million in signing bonuses in the first two seasons. And it was offered. The next day, they said they'd match it. Then they waited the full week just to inconvenience Montreal so they couldn't offer sheet another player. I'm sure there are plenty of teams in Don Waddell's ear telling him to wait the full week. He did that, and now here we are. That was matched yesterday on Sunday. Today's Monday. This podcast is going out on Tuesday. Thoughts on just the entire thing there? Oh, man. It's it's kind of just been a mess, in my opinion. Um, I think we have differing opinions on this, too, so, I think, so. I, I, think, I think I'm excited to talk about it. Are you sure you want me to go first? Or you, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take I mean, it. I, I want you to go first. All right, all right. Well, I mean, all right. So, yeah, first and foremost, I did not expect Sebastian Ajo to sign an offer sheet. I think he was one of the last um, that I think was going to use that right. Um, Miko Rantanen was another one I thought maybe because I'm sure he wants a lot of money and he's still unsigned. Um, Maybe Kachuk. It's just a tight cap space in Calgary right now. And the same with um, Toronto, uh, you know, another tight cap situation. I did not expect Sebastian Ajo to even come close to an offer sheet. So this caught me really by surprise. At first, I'll, I'll admit it. You know what I say about Pierre Lebrun. I saw him. I think he was the first one who had it. hate to admit it, but um, I think he was the first one to have it. And I thought it was just, you know, clickbait. And I was like, what is this? And then, to see the actual release go out from the Canadians was pretty insane. Um, I, I mean, it really took me aback. I, I, it's it's hard because you can look at this multiple ways, and I'm sure everyone has their own opinion on it. And it's it's kind of been divisive amongst fans, at least for the past, you know, it's only been a week, but it seems like it's been forever. Um, yeah. But now, I think he. He used his right as an RFA. He wanted to get the best deal. But the, I think no matter any which way you spin this, he has one foot out the door and one foot still in. Um, I think you know it can be spun plenty of different ways. But the thing is, he put pen to paper. So if the Canes don't match that, he's a Montreal Canadian as of, this, as of the recording of this podcast. Like he, If they didn't match it, 
he yeah i mean he's a member of the montreal canadians and he's their star and it's almost like a you know a sour taste in your mouth kevin durant snake kind of a comparison i guess i don't know just kind of like i i just i don't think there's any which way you can spin it like okay i understand the signing bonuses um it's hard to turn down that kind of money don't fault him for that um especially guaranteed money and the possibility of a lockout coming in. What is it? Two seasons, I think, or a season. Um, And, and I mean, that gives you guaranteed money as a 21 year old and going into 22 in July, I believe. I mean, look, you and I are both around that age. We're not turning down that money. If that comes our way, heck no, we would take, I would, I would accept uh, $21 million. I would, I would do that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, I think, I'm just surprised, like, if he got to the point of the offseason where it's not getting anywhere, and it's maybe late July, I, I understand maybe doing that as a, a negotiation tactic. But to literally do it within hours of free agency, that means that you had this interest all along. And and I just, I saw his, you know, release, and I just don't agree, I just don't agree with it. I really think he has one foot out and one foot in. He has five years on the contract. That will bring him to unrestricted free agency at a pretty young age, you know, 26, 27, when, when it's said and done. I, I just – I think he has one foot out. And I, I don't know why though because I think he has a great line mate. He has the first success as a – you know, and he's had only three seasons compared to like a Justin Falk where, you know, he had to suffer through some other years and, and you know, Jeff Skinner before him too – He's only been here for three, you know, three seasons, and he finally got a taste of the playoffs. That's great, and this is a team that's on its way up. He seems to be best friends with Tavo. Like I just, I don't get it. It really just, no matter any which way you spin it, it just doesn't make sense. Okay, signing bonuses. I get that you want to get it done early, but the fact that you had it just hours into free agency means that you had this in the back of your mind all along. You wouldn't put pen to paper if you were just messing around. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have a different take, but that's kind of where I'm at. All right, yeah. Uh, see, I, I don't, there's a lot of stuff there I don't disagree with you on. I think, I think the fact that it was so soon after free agency kicked off, I think that kind of adds to the, the frustration Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, exactly. I think you put it really well. I think that if this had happened late July, early August, I think it's a totally different thing. It's 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 received differently to an extent. The fact that it came so soon, it, it makes you wonder what was going on there. Um, that being said, I have a I have a different opinion than you on on most of this though i do agree with a lot of what you said again i to start i think this was a a bold decision by aho and his representation i i agree with you that again it was a risk in that he if caroline doesn't match it like you said he's going to montreal i just think that he and his representation knew for a fact that Carolina would match that offer sheet. I think they knew it for a fact. And I think that 
I, I truly, I don't think there was ever a thought in Aho's mind or anyone in his camp that he was actually going to go to Montreal. I think that the offer sheet was given to him and it was the exact terms that his camp wanted. Carolina was very set on eight years. They wanted the max. Of course, why wouldn't they? Aho wants the five years because he's going to be UFA. The cap's going to be higher. He's going to get more money in five years. So, so that's just how those negotiations went. And, I mean, you, we talked to Don Waddell after all that, and he said, I mean, he looked at it and he said, that really, that's it? <laughs> you know, like, I think he was expecting, like, a $12 million or $11 million cap hit, and he got instead eight and a half with salary or signing bonuses. And Tom, Tom Dundon said on that same uh, press call that, I mean, that was if that was some kind of test, then that was the easiest test he's ever taken. I mean, Don, or Don Waddell has said for weeks upon weeks that if he gets offer sheeted, they're going to match it. It doesn't matter what the offer sheet is. So really, I think, you know, that, and again, there's a lot of stuff I agree with you on there. I think this was premeditated by his camp. And, you know, it it's unfortunate because at the end of the day, the optics of this thing are what you said, that he was totally prepared to leave and he was willing to do that and he all that stuff that's been thrown out there. And I agree, the optics of it aren't good and I think that he knows that. Um, I think that he is well aware of what was going on there and he was supposed to come on the conference call with the media with us uh, when they announced that they were going to match it, but he wasn't allowed to because you have to put pen to paper before you can, you know, do that. So they had to wait the full week and then he released that statement. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when, when the season rolls around in training camp, he's going to get asked about this. I mean, this is not going to be something that people forget about. Um, yeah. Like, like my prediction was that he actually wouldn't release a statement and that he was going to do some, you know, interview with a Finnish newspaper that everyone was going to have to translate and then kind of show up and act like nothing happened. But like this changes think, things completely. I'm, I'm sorry. It just does. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? What do you mean? The, the statement changes things? No, just the, the offer sheet oh, itself yeah, okay. and, and, no, no, and no, accepting yeah. okay, that. I like, um, and I totally get that. I, I think it does change the perception of him and, Look, I'm not going to come on here and just defend what he and his camp decide to do because, look, I I mean, we, I mean, as you know, we know what the hurricane side of this is. Uh, Don Waddell had said that the negotiations were close. They were surprised by it. They, they didn't feel like it was necessary, but he and his representation felt like it was, and of course, the hurricane spun it in a way that makes his agent, Gary Johansson, um, look like the villain, not Sebastian. I don't agree with that either. I think Sebastian has to take ownership for it as well. And that the statement was good. I mean, it was a pre, you know, it was a done up pre statement. Pre-prepared, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was, written, it was written on like January 1st, or I'm sorry, July 1st, like seconds after the offer sheet was signed. 
he had that thing ready probably i mean it's it's a very it's a generic statement and he, you know he says it that you know it, this was his one way to leverage and get his deal done and for that i respect it i respect it you know he has every right to do that um but i the flip side of it is i agree that it's a bad look and i don't i don't think he wanted to leave carolina i don't think he wanted to join the montreal canadians i i i think that this was almost totally about just getting the deal that he wanted and don waddell has said time after time i mean he had no choice but to match the offer sheet even if it was a bad offer sheet they had no choice but to match it i mean that's the corner that they put themselves in so at the end of the day i mean that's not even that big of an offer sheet so i again i i just i think that he was always going to end up in carolina and there was never a thought to them that that carolina would decline it because i mean that offer sheet was silly it was stupid i mean there's no way in hell that they weren't going to match that yeah yeah i mean i i think it was a kind of half-hearted attempt by bergevin to offer him this um like i want to know i want to know they structured it was was yeah like you said a test to dundon um to see if he would front the money up, you know, with the 21.17 in the first calendar year. Um, but outside of that, like, it, there was low compensation. So there's no way they would just take a first, second, and third for Sebastian Ajo. He's worth more than that on the trade market, by far. He's worth, like, at least two top prospects and two firsts or something like that. At least. Um, you don't have to, you know, work into, like I'm saying, you don't have to be a Nylander. You don't have to hold out to December 1st. They would have got the deal done before training camp. That's what he says in the statement. It was all about getting, you know, something done before training camp. You don't have to accept that hours into free agency. That is, that's where it's crap. That's where I think the division is between like two sides of the fan base here. And like, you know, some of the writers and all that stuff. I think like, Regardless, it's a it was a poor negotiation tactic. It was a half-hearted attempt by Montreal. I see why you see that way. I mean, admittedly, this is me giving his side the benefit of the doubt because, yeah. I mean, we haven't heard much of anything from his side yet. So, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until we're given the opportunity to talk to him and we can actually hear from him what this was all about. Um, you know, until then, you know, I, 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 I choose to believe that it wasn't about him wanting to leave Carolina or anything like that. I just think he wanted the deal that he ultimately got. So at the end of the day, I mean, he got his deal, he got his money, he got the term that he wanted. Um, what I'm interested to see from here though, is like you said, Where's this relationship go? Because I I don't know, man. Uh, the 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 fan base is one thing. the The locker room is another thing. I think the locker room is going to be okay with it. I don't think there's going to be much of an issue among that group because they get it. You know, their players. They they're you know they're you know they that's that's what that's what they do. They got they have to get the best deals for them, and I I understand all of that. Um, I think the potentially 
uh, more divided camp would be the fans. And I totally get that. And until, you know, Sebastian talks to the media and answers questions about what the hell happened, then those questions are, are going to be there. And everything you said is valid because we don't, not enough has been said about this yet. And, yeah. you know, this, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, play the opposite side of you and give him the benefit of the doubt and all that, but it's tough to, and I, I do. Tough. That's the thing I do. I understand money wise. Look, it's hard to turn that down, but I just think like there, there was other ways to go. There about are some this. plot holes and all this. Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. But we can only talk so much about it, but we're looking at the other moves the Hurricanes have done in free agency, and the biggest one of them all, I think to safe to say outside of Sebastian Ajo, was re-signing Peter Morazic. He signed a two-year, $3.125 million deal. With, well, that's the average annual value, of course. Um, what are your thoughts on this? This is kind of where you and I, I believe, both projected um, in – some previous episodes. Yeah, I think we were both on this uh, line of thinking. This kind of all panned out the way Carolina hoped it would. Uh, it kind of came down to Laner and Morazic, and the Islanders signed Varlamov to a four-year deal. I mean, God, uh, good luck with that. And then it kind of just came down to Morazic and Laner, and it, it, it was, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, two years of three... Point one two five is easy, right? Sign that in a second. That's no problem. Uh, they they waited out. They saw what all happened. I don't think Peter Morazic was inclined to go anywhere else, especially considering what teams are on the goalie market. Um, you know, there was no reason to to rush into it with resigning Morazic. Instead, they let everything play out, and I think Morazic got a two year deal, which is good for him. Uh, he's going to make a lot of money. Um, and for the Kane side, it's, I mean, 3.125 isn't anything uh, bad, you know? So I'm definitely, I'm, I'm cool with this. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Um, you know, it's not a terrible contract in terms of the AAV. Um, you know, it still balances you out pretty well, um, keeps some cap space open in case you want to do anything. Um, also, you know, just buy some time for Alex Nedeljkovic or, you know, whether that's Callum Booth, Helvig, Kachakov, or however you pronounce <laughs> I think it. In, yeah, I, I think but, uh, in two years, we should probably have a good idea of what, of what next. we have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, you know, uh, with McElhaney now gone and signed with Tampa Bay, um, obviously quick shout out to him. It's great. One that was the greatest waiver wire pickup I think this franchise he has was, ever had. He was fantastic. Safe to say. Um, sorry, Andre Nestrosol, you don't count oh, anymore. No. Oh, first oh. line, Andre Nestrosol. That could oh, have let's been a move thing. on from that. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, you know, I no, I think it just you know it opens up some flexibility in the backup position. Um, obviously, the other big move was uh, Scott Darling traded to Florida for James Reimer. Um, that kind of gives. You know, multiple options as well. Uh, and Forsling, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, the trade that went down there. So Forsberg. Got, oh, yeah, excuse me. Forsling's Forsberg. a defenseman. Forsberg. Yeah, Forsberg. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Very important details. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very important um, players. And uh, Reimer and, and 
Nedeljkovic and Forsberg will probably all fight over that. I would probably give the edge to Reimer if they keep him. Um, yeah. Maybe, you know, if it doesn't work out too well, Nedeljkovic gets in there. Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't see them burying James Reimer in the minors at all. Probably not. Um, which makes that DeHaan trade and, and Forsberg, you know, electing for arbitration even stranger because it's like – where do you fit in? He doesn't fit in. Like, he, there's nowhere. Yeah. He doesn't really fit in. He's not good enough to be a backup. He shouldn't be taking time from anybody in the minors. Um, Tukarski took some time down the stretch, but that was to kind of give him Delkovich a break. And, I mean, he was a good veteran piece. It was like a, you know, an addition. But Forsberg, like, he doesn't. It feels like there's one too many. in the development. Yeah. It feels like there's one goalie too many. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do there. I but. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of Forsberg or Reimer uh, goes elsewhere. Honestly, my preference would be to get rid of Forsberg and keep Reimer. I think trading Darling for Reimer was a, absolutely a great great move. Um, gets less money, same contract length through the final two years. Uh, he's just better than Darling. I mean, Darling got instantly bought out. Uh, it. I mean, Reimer before last year, he was an average to above average goalie, you know, and there's nothing wrong with him as your backup. I mean, even last year, he had a 900 save percentage. It's not like he was, you know, in the 880s like Darling was. So, I mean, it makes sense, uh, you know, if if he plays in the minors, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they send him to Charlotte. Uh, if, if they truly feel like Nadelkovic is the better goalie, I think they'll go with whoever's better. Um you know, they buried Darling in Charlotte all year, and he barely even played at that. Um, so I think they're more willing to, to go down that route, unlike Carmanis, who would never do that um, for obvious reasons. Um, but, yeah, I, that that trade made sense. There's a lot of goalies in the fold now. And, I, you know, Mrazic's your starter, obviously. But from there, you have two guys in Reimer and Nadelkovic who seem to be the front runners for the backup job. And, you know, you, you make a point because Callum Booth is not a guy that you want to keep blocking. You know, if, he, if you're going to give him a chance to develop, and I think he has a good shot of being a, a good goaltender, you got to give him the, the ability to, to do that. So I, I would like to see, I mean, again, it just feels like there's one too many, and I think one has to go. So... I'd imagine that'd be Forsberg. We'll see how yeah. that all all shakes out. Um, other quick notes, I guess, is Justin Williams, Michael Furland still unsigned. Uh, we assume that Michael Furland will probably walk. Um, but given the contracts that were given out so far by some teams, and and uh, you know, with some needs filled in other teams. Do you see possibly maybe Furlan coming back at a, a lower cap hit than he anticipated? Um, I think, you know, we, we saw what he wanted was the five-year, maybe five million AAV. I mean, he, there, um, were, there were reports that he wanted even more than that. So what do you think? He comes back on maybe a prove-it deal, um, two years, one year, um, at a lower cap hit? Or do you think that he's basically just going to wait it out until a team does end up signing him to the deal he wants. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, he was never going to get the crazy money that he wanted. 
after Simmons signed that one-year deal with New Jersey for $5 million, I mean, uh, he was a very good comparable to that. Uh, he's younger, uh, Ferland is, and if it comes down to it, and he's going to need to take a one-year deal, maybe. Uh, he just... When he's healthy and he's going, he's he's very valuable. He really is. But when he is on and off, like he was in the second half and in the playoffs, I think you're running into some issues there. Uh, I I don't think... Um, I'm speaking uh, recklessly here, so I'm not reporting any kind of thing here. I'm not entirely sure if the coaching staff loved him. I'm not entirely sure that the front office loves him. Um, I I don't think there's been much of any communication between them since free agency started. So I, I, I still find it unlikely that Furlan would come back. Um you know, I, I wish the best of luck to him, and if he does in in this, you know, find his way back to Carolina, that'd be interesting. And I, I think that the Hurricanes will need to find a guy like him, uh, whether that's Sakumane Alinen or it's somebody else. Uh, we'll see, but uh, I'm not entirely uh, optimistic about a Furlan return by any means. But Williams, uh, he's the other UFA. The door's open. Uh, Waddell said the other day that he thinks he might be leaning towards coming back. And in translation, I'm not even, that's, that, that's far from a confirmation <laughs> in my eyes. So we'll see. I think he'll be back, but, uh, yeah, probably a one year deal, a one year deal. I mean, the but I think, won't matter. you know, if you want to go out, you can't go out any better than you did. Right, <laughs> I mean, yeah. other than, you know, a Stanley cup, of course, but, um, you know, he led a team that he cared about back to relevance, more or less, and, you know, yeah, kind of I mean, set a foundation as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this. I think I think if I'm the Hurricanes, I really want him to come back. I think that having him there as the captain for one more year, I think that's important. I think that this group is not quite where they need to be in order to just be okay with Williams retiring. Um, I think that Williams's leadership for that group and for that team and that organization, I think they really need him back for another year. That's how, that's just how I see it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I agree. So, so what, what would make moving back to Furlan? Would it, what kind of deal would even make sense for him, for you? Well, okay, if he wants term, the thing that makes most sense to me is like two years, four million per year. I don't know. Sure, yeah. Or a one-year five mil, maybe. Yeah, like a seven seal. Yeah, just like kind of like, you hey. You know. If you're if you're legit again, then all right, we'll give you term next time. But kind of have to go out and prove it again Even because then. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He just didn't like. He didn't really yeah. show up in the second half of the year. And I mean, at the beginning, it looked like, oh my god, yeah, the Canes won the trade by a mile between Dougie Hamilton and this guy, and um, you know Adam Fox. And we of course know what happened there. Yeah. But um, 
you know, like, it looked like we won the trade by a mile, but then, like, you know, it just kind of got hurt, and then it just, you know, you heard some things for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I just don't see him as a fit maybe anymore on the roster. Um, I think he just takes away playing time from, you know, possibly guys like Martin Natchez or, you know, whatever they decide to do. I think there's still more to be done to this roster. Um, otherwise, you're basically just coming back with the same and, and hoping it works out. Yeah, you're just kind of running it back. So, yeah, I, I don't think this roster has honestly, like, improved at all. Um, it's kind of just remained the same, which is fine, which is fine. I still think this could be a playoff team, but um, I think you're just counting on a lot of things to go right again when you could – just bolster up a few positions like, you know, a winger of a top six winger would be really great right now. Yeah. Um, I could see them, you know, cause I, I think you look at, at all this, if, if we're assuming that Williams is going to be back, I mean, we'll see. I think he probably will be. Um, if we're adding Williams to this group, you know, Eric Howla, I mean, he's a top nine forward, but he doesn't move the needle much. Uh, I think what it might come down to is when the season or when training camp rolls around and you take a look at Martin Natchez in camp, or you take a look at Julian Gauthier, Yanni Kwokinen, you see how these guys, uh, how these guys look in camp and, maybe they're just going to wait and they they're going to wait and see what exactly they have in those guys. And at that point, maybe then they make that move because in 2020, they have the two firsts, uh, Toronto's of course being the second one. And then they have two thirds as well from the Skinner trade and the Adam Fox trade. And well, if Adam Fox plays 40 games this year, that turns into a second, but they have the assets to to move around and, and and look and I think another thing could be what if training camp rolls around and the Hurricanes are really their light they need another top nine forward and elsewhere they need some team needs a goalie uh, maybe James Reimer becomes in play there and you attach picks to him and you, you're able to do something like that to get a forward I don't know. I, I could I could see them waiting it out and seeing what Natchez looks like, and yeah. uh, going from there. Yeah, I don't think they're in a terrible position, like you said. I think they're all right, but it, I you think you like them? You like them a lot more when you have a an additional forward there that you know is going to be absolutely good to go. Absolutely. There's still some question marks for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. So. Uh, the two, so the RFA arbitrations were announced earlier or over the weekend, I think. So, Hurricanes have two arbitration electees, I guess. Brock McGinn, Anton Forsberg. We talked about Forsberg. Uh, I mean, whatever. Uh, but not about Forsberg, McGinn. So, I think we've talked about this before about what we think McGinn's worth. Um, it's going to be interesting. So, it. it it's going to be late July, early August. That's when the arbitration hearings will be held in Toronto. Um, a deal can be reached before then. What do you think? What do you think Brock McGinn gets? 
Oh, man. Uh, 3.2. 3.2? How many years? Three years. Really? Wow. I think they I think they like him. Um, do I think it's great to sign him kind of longer term like that? No, I'd prefer to keep him on like a two-year deal. But I think he gets... I think he gets a little bit of a pay raise, and I'm pretty sure that his agents. Oh, I guess it decides where the arbitrator lands. But um, yeah, I, I think he's going to get a pay raise. Uh, sure. Pretty hefty. Because um, his last deal was was a steal. Was a steal, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think he's going to cash in a little bit more. I'll say three years, three point two right. per year, of course. I think uh, I think McGinn's camp is going to come in with an offer like that. I think Carolina's probably going to come in at. Maybe two or three years under three mil. I think he's going to end up in the high twos on the AAV, probably two years. That's that's right around there. Uh, I think we were talking about it because earlier in the year we were kind of low balling it more. But then Jordan Martinuk signed that deal, and we're like, ooh. So Martinuk's worth two million. I mean, I love Martinuk, but McGinn's younger and probably better than martinuk so you know that that was kind of the thing to throw into it what's odd i just jordan martinuk's 26 i could have sworn he was like 28 <laughs> okay i feel like he's <laughs> older than that okay well yeah he's still pretty young yeah well bright future um okay so that goodness that was a lot of hockey talk uh let's Let's do a mid-roll ad. This is the Canes Country Podcast. All right, that was a lot of Hurricanes talk. Uh, welcome back. So let's go ahead and take a bigger look at the entire league. So free agency tends to be a kind of crazy time of year, as you know, as everybody knows. Uh, this year it wasn't crazy. It wasn't as crazy as it tends to be. I think if it, if this was a few years ago, Wayne Simmons in this current state probably gotten like five by five or something ridiculous, and it would have been a lot of insanity. But most of the deals that were given out make sense. Uh, just run through it: Panarin to the Rangers, Bobrovsky, Connolly, Stroman to the Panthers, Duchesne to the Predators, Pavelski to the Stars, Zuccarello to Minnesota. That one didn't make sense. Myers to Vancouver. That one didn't make sense. Simmons to New Jersey, Liam Varlamov to the Islanders, Panic to Washington, Tanev to Pittsburgh in the most laughable deal of the day, and then McElhaney goes to Tampa Bay. Oh, and the uh, the culmination of Justin's hot take a few weeks ago, McKaig is gone. He is in New York. Justin, <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly from all of the things that happened in free agency. Well, the good is we're going to get a line of... Panarin, Zabanajad, and McKeg. So that's uh-huh. gonna be pretty, right. pretty cool. <laughs> um, that is great. Uh, no, see, I liked Florida's move to get Bobrovsky. Yes, that contract is tough, but you gotta you gotta do something to spice it up a little bit. I just don't <laughs> like the Connolly and Strawman deals. I just don't. I just don't think they add much to them. Um, Duchesne and Nashville is would be better if P.K. Subban was still on that team. Their defense is good, but well, I they, think, they, like... They had to free up the cap to get him. But. Yeah, I understand that, but it's just, like... I don't know. They're, they're still a team that's just, like, eh, offensively, but their defense is so stacked, and they always get good goaltending, so... Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe a lot of 
still some two to one games or something. I like that deal though for Duchesne. I think that was really reasonable. Oh yeah, Duchesne it was. AV makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I like McElhaney to Tampa Bay. Uh, of course, Same. you know you wish you could keep him, uh, but you know, good for him to get uh, yeah. get get a little bit more of a paycheck. I like it for him, and I like it for them. I think he's a good fit. Yeah, I mean, a good presence, um, and you know, behind Vasilevsky, he probably won't be asked to do too much. Probably get less of a role than he did here. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so I like that. Now, as for Panarin, you know, the big fish of free agency, more or less. Um, good for him for cash again, but you know, yeah, he took less to to not go to the Islanders, and I think it was just a little bit surprising that they couldn't work out Florida at all. Um, but you know, hey, it kind of bolsters him a little bit. You know, he's got his name already on billboards outside Madison Square Square Garden already. So, not um, bad. yeah, glad, it's not. I'm glad New York was able it. to get one free agent. It's good for them. <laughs> oh, what? Burn. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Julius Randall. Uh, yes, Julius Randall. Taj and, Gibson. And Taj Gibson, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 it's a, it's a steep cap hit for sure. Um, but with the cap rising, I don't know if we cringe so much at these deals anymore. And nah, you know what you're getting with Artemi Panarin. You're at least getting seventy points on the low side, and you could get as high as ninety with the right teammates. Maybe even hundred. So he'll, he'll attract attention. All that. I think he's worth it. Yeah, and he's still within the prime of his career. He's not like he's. I don't believe he's twenty nine. I believe he's on the younger side than that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I still like that deal a little bit. Me too. Uh, I think the deal that. Well, Brandon Tanev to Pittsburgh for six years. <laughs> what was that? Oh, man. I don't know. Like, okay, the cap, it's not terrible, but what in the world are you doing for six years? I mean, look, all right, let's be enough, let's be honest here. What what does Crosby have left? Five? Maybe? Probably, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. A little bit more? Maybe six? They're probably going to try to gear up for one more run, but they the run the thing is Jim Rutherford is putting them in a hole because he's running out of assets. Oh, it's he's crazy. running out of assets. It's insane what I've he's never turned seen him out do this into. before. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is so uncharacteristic <laughs> of him. Um this is exactly how Jim Rutherford gets fired. Like these deals, like when it's when, oh when he's God. just like, like flailing around and he's like, "Oh no, no, I need to figure something out." Brand 10 have 6 years. And yeah, then it's he just gets like, fired in and then the Jack Johnson deal is still yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's just crazy that, yeah, he he's agreeing to this term for these average to below average defenders. It just doesn't make I sense. Mean, I mean, Tanev is you know he's a third line guy. You know, yeah. good, decent. Um, I think what's his career high in goals? I think he had thirty points last year and twelve goals. I mean. It's just a lot of years. Yeah. Imagine just... being Michael Furland and being like, so he gets six years. That's what you're telling me. He gets <laughs> and I can't get five? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, obviously a lot of stuff goes into that, but that's crazy. Um, Myers, I, of course. I told you Vancouver was going to do that. Um, no, I believe I believe you. I yeah, just, yeah. It, I, yeah. I, I'm surprised because the original cap hit that was rumored, like he was going to get eight. Yeah, that was wild. That and that, that was like, yeah, yeah that, wild, glad that, that didn't Minnesota happen. Doing? Oh, they're they're, they're just doing? patching the holes on a sinking Titanic 
with scotch tape and, and just Zubarello? hoping for the best. For the for term, like five they, years. What are they doing? Let's talk about the fact of how much Zuccarello, or excuse me, the Rangers got screwed over in the Zuccarello trade because if the Stars had made it past the second round, they would have got a first round pick on that. They did not make it out of the second round. They lost it. <laughs> he didn't time. resign. Then they had the opportunity to get a first round pick if Zuccarello resigned. And he didn't resign, so <laughs> they didn't yeah. come out of that with a first-round pick. So it's just funny, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't get this one. This one was a, a real head scratcher. Uh, Pavelski to Dallas makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I like um, that. You know, they're just trying to take the next step. They still have somewhat of a younger they're core. They're actually a playoff and, team. Unlike yeah, Minnesota. they're a playoff team. They're a playoff team. Yeah, I, I would I would lock them in, and. Uh, yeah, I like that deal. It's you know good for Pavelski, kind of good for the team as well. So, um, yeah, I like that. But Zuccarello is just like, wh- why, why? You don't need to do that. <laughs> I can get, I, like, I can understand him getting that kind of contract from someone else, but not Minnesota, where they are right now. So that was odd. It felt like they're kind of going in the opposite direction than that of which they should be going. That was a sentence that I just formulated. Um, <laughs> Anders Lee going back to the Islanders is good for them. Uh, they Varlamov? Uh, four years for Varlamov. Is that what we're is that what we're giving Varlamovs now? Ugh, it's garbage. I think the Islanders got worse. Um, yeah, Leonard might have been just a flash in the pan, but Varlamov is not Varlamov, it. Man. And they what do they get? Anders Lee back for seven years for seven mil yeah, i like lee Ugh. a lot um varlamov not, though and, and not at that term and cap hit though yeah it, it came out that they offered laner two years at five mil a year and then he turned that down and then he went to chicago for one year of five million lots of interesting stuff going on on the island at the moment yeah so, yeah wonder if lou uh he's still got some cap space wonder if he he tries to, uh, you know, figure something out. Maybe go after Marner or something. Oh, Marner. That'd be interesting. That would be great. Just totally That'd take take the attention away from Aho for a little bit. I think the Hurricanes would be just fine with that. Um, there are some trades. Kessel to the or Kessel to the Coyotes. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about that last week, but in case we didn't, that's a thing that happened. The the Zaitsev for CC trade that shook Canada. To its core, uh, Justin's favorite player, Jimmy Vc goes to Buffalo. And we had Kadri and Rosen to Colorado for Barry and Kerfoot. Which one of these trades is the most interesting to you? Jimmy Vc? <laughs> no, no. We won't talk about him. I think the one that's, that is interesting in terms of just like, ugh, was the Zaitsev for CC trade because it's literally just trading garbage, garbage for garbage yeah. um and connor brown and ben harper is is honestly even worse than cody cc um yeah i see they want you know zaitsev again this is kind of unfortunately like my thunder but we'll talk about that um the player wanted out so it kind of it was a forced trade more or less but he's a it, good player yeah it's just i wouldn't it, mind if carolina got him Zaitsev? No, no, Connor Brown. 
Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about Zaitsev. Oh, no, I'm talking yeah. about Tyler Brown. My bad, yeah. Um, yeah I no, like, I don't want Zaitsev. I was like, no. Zaitsev on that defense just Absolutely takes it down not. a lot. Um, but I like Kessel to Arizona. Um, I think that's my favorite trade out of this so yeah. far. Um, they get good value for him. Um, Galchenyuk going to Pittsburgh. That could go really well. Um, yeah, I could. With the right line mates, and depending on I mean, how he'll play he, with one of Malkin or Crosby, right? So, if I they mean, switch him to wing, if he wants to stay as a center, then that's a very, very good third line yeah. center. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that benefited both teams. And as for the Colorado and Toronto one, it's another trade that kind of really benefited both teams. Uh, made sense, yeah. Adds a little bit of offensive depth to Colorado, which. You know, they need it, and they, they really helped solve that this offseason between Burakowski and uh, Nazem Kadri like as well. So, um, yeah, they're, they're adding some some good offense as well. So I, I watch Colorado for, for a team, you know, on the rise again this year. So, um, and, and Tyson Berry going to Toronto kind of fixes a little bit of their defensive issues. And Alex Kerfoot as a third-line player is – a pretty yeah. good addition. Um, I, I don't like think Kerfoot. you step back too much losing Nazem Kadri for Kerfoot. I think, you know, yeah, a little bit of the offensive edge, but in terms of the style of play, pretty similar. So, um, yeah, I, I like that trade a lot too. Yeah, I, I like that one. The Ottawa-Toronto deal, I mean, who cares? It's it's such a – so many people are talking about it, but I just don't think it does anything for – Toronto, I mean, come on. Um, yeah. They get Barry, though, in that trade with Colorado. Um, we'll see. I, I'm not I'm not sure if Barry is that much better than Gardner. I, I'm not sure. Uh, Barry is a right-handed deal, uh, so we'll see. I mean, they lost Hainsey, they lost Gardner, uh, and they gained CC and Barry, and I, I don't think that makes them much better. I'm sure it'll make them a little bit better, though. I I suppose we'll see. Um, yeah, so just a whole lot of stuff going on, and that's that's the hockey off season, and I think that's the podcast as well. Um, let's leave. Um, thanks for listening, Kane's Country Podcast. I'm tired this week. Do you want me to take it from here? I can. I can. Man, I I would. I would love for you to take it. All right, I will take it. Uh, You can follow us at Kane's Country on Twitter. You and you can also like us on Facebook at Kane's Country. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at Kane's Country Picks. We're not that active when it comes to Kane's Country Picks, but. You know, maybe it's something we'll work on. Uh, of course, you can always read our stuff on the site, canescountry.com. We are part of Vox Media and SB Nation, of course. Uh, and you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Please do that. Tell all your friends about it. We love that you listen, and we just want more people to listen to us. I don't know if that's vain or what, but we, we would like to hear more about what you think of the podcast um, and hopefully push down the review of the guy that gave us two stars for just <laughs> not giving episodes out. So, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Lanky and You can follow Brett at Brett underscore finger on Twitter yes. as well. Did I cover all bases? Man, you killed it. Man, you're, <laughs> you're so much better than me at that. You, you just bam, bam, bam. Done. Oh, man. All great. right. That seems to be a podcast. Uh, we will see when we're going to come back. Uh, you, as everybody knows, it's 
yeah, it's kind of a dead period. But um, depending on if anything changes, maybe two weeks from now. So uh, we will see. And of course, always subscribe on iTunes as well. So you'll be updated when we put our next episode up. Wow, that was great. And there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Wow. All right.